everybody, it's Corey Mosley, and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship. And it starts right now. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another edition. Edition or episode? I think it could be both. Welcome to another episode edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Corey Mosley. You know, this is the place where we have guests who are working every day to build great businesses. They're taking their time to share with us some of their strategies, their ideas, their tactics, even some of their struggles on their path to entrepreneurship success. Now, many of you on previous shows have heard me talk about this idea of, uh, I call it the Kenny Rogers principle, right? The ability to, sometimes you need to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Now, sometimes in that context, I've referred to it from the perspective of saying, hey, something isn't working and I need to not be afraid to go do something else. Now, the opposite side to that, and one of these things we're going to talk about today, is your ability to maybe have successful businesses and have done something successful to build something, but realizing that it might not be exactly what you want to do or might not really connect. I like to use the word alignment a lot, where it might be something that just doesn't quite align with you. So, hey, I'm making money. I'm building a business. I'm, you know, quote, unquote, my own boss, as people love to say, when really your boss is, is, is your client, ultimately, if you serve customers. But I'm my own boss. We're doing okay. We're, things are happening. But maybe this isn't quite connecting with me or – as the saying goes, sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze and you have to go about the process of thinking about what might my next move be. And my guest today fits really nicely in there. Not only is he a great guy building a great business in his uh, town of Georgia, but he really was a serial entrepreneur and actually was my client, I'm going to say 10 years ago. I'll ask him in a second when we bring him in. But I, I think about 10 years ago, uh, he actually was a client of mine. I'm talking about none other than Kevin Thomas, superstar real estate agent. Now, Kevin's a native of Detroit, Michigan, and an Army veteran. He served in the military and then got into the retail automotive industry and ended up opening his own independent dealership with his wife right outside of Savannah, Georgia, and really was focused on, as you might have guessed it, the military community. But Kevin really at heart of hearts is a serial entrepreneur because over that next 15-year period, over a 15-year period, they opened other businesses, including car rentals, self-storage facilities, limousine companies, coffee shops, and now residential and commercial real estate investment company and uh, an agent. And I have to tell you, you know, I was been watching Kevin through this transition probably for a few years now um, and just watching him on Facebook, closing this deal, closing that deal and really making it happen because most of you know, real estate is one of those things where you can get into it very easily, you know, go through your training. But the survival rate and the success rate, even with all the opportunity, is so tough. So I was watching him kill it and I'm like, man, we have to have you on. I knew how he used to run his previous businesses when we worked together. And um, and I see him out there killing it now. He's also 
you know, well into the community with community organizations, having served as uh, past president of Georgia Independent Auto Deal Association, Hinesville Rotary Club, president of the local chamber of commerce. This guy's everywhere. He's also a published author and an inspirational speaker. Kevin, man, I gassed you up. Nice. You're going to have to deliver now. <laughs> Come Absolutely. on in and say hello Absolutely. to our audience. <laughs> hello, hello, fearless entrepreneurs. What's going on, my man, Corey Mosley? My man from way back. And yeah, it yes. was a little over 10 years ago. 10 years that I, ago. That I found you um, in a magazine, and I said, <laughs> this is the guy I need to call to, to help me take my, my dealership to the next level, and we've been connected ever since. Man, well, and and I appreciate that, and it's 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 been a great relationship. Also, just watching you grow and watching you, and one of the things I like too is that it wasn't about big city for you, right? So you're down in outside of Savannah in that Hinesville area, big military town. It, so yep. many people get caught up in needing to be in the big city, right? I, I need to build my business in New York. I need to build my business in Atlanta, you know, in, in, from a Georgia perspective, or I need to be in LA or Chicago, but you really can be the mayor in, in a sense, right? In, in, in a smaller town by, by, you know, by demographic, let's say, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And, you can be the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and that pond could be plenty. You know, it's kind of, I always quote Seth Godin, right? He's smallest, vi- most viable uh, market you need. You don't need to serve everybody. You just, you could do very, very well serving the smallest amount of people that you can serve the most and everybody can be successful <laughs> financially and lifestyle and all of those things, right? Would you agree with that? Absolutely agree with that. You know, one of the things that I've always believed in, you know, niches do make riches. So, you know, being able to tap into a market and just say, I'm going to own this piece and, and put the blinders on. It just, it's always worked for me. Now, when did you exactly get involved with real estate most recently? Like the success that you're having now, when did you actually jump in full time? So full-time, January 1st, 2019 uh, was my first full-day, full-time real estate agent. Okay. And what made you, after 15 years of doing the dealership, doing the self-storage, doing some of these things that we mentioned, because again, some of these things are market really are about, I mean, need driven, right? It's the, it is that entrepreneurial spirit to say, okay, great. What's underserved. So I think the military community was underserved in terms of the auto business. So let me solve that issue. I think that, you know, people are underserved in terms of uh, self-storage is an interesting thing to me because we're like the only, you know, the jokeable moment is, you know, we're one of the only (laughs) countries that has so much stuff that you have to rent a place (laughs) to store it right yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> and, and pay more money to store it than it was worth in the first place yes yeah that is excellent <laughs> that is that that is right you've got some old bike that your nana gave you now maybe it's nostalgic but you've got some stuff from 85 in a storage facility for 40 50 60 bucks a month uh you know if you want an air conditioned and heated right and and You've got no use. It's this hoarder mentality that we have. Nonetheless, there was a need. So as you think about these different businesses that you've been involved in, what brought you to, you know, what brought you to real estate where it seems you're having a really, really good time? Well, you know, i got to say that uh, to back up a little bit, you know, the, the car business was, you know, very good to me. 
Mm. And I, you know, got out of the army, started selling cars, became a dealer very young, uh, was very successful. And over time, I, I began to get bored. And that's when I started buying and opening up other businesses uh, just to stay busy. And hindsight wasn't the best idea uh, because mm -hmm. I, I stretched myself too thin and you can't focus on all these things um, and be and, and do it well. I couldn't anyway. Some people can do it at a high level, but I realized that I can't chew gum and walk at the same time with all these companies. Right. But I was I was always looking for ways. You know, when I had my dealership, the car rental business was a good pivot point for me to open up because I could house it all under one roof, and I was serving the same client. It actually became a situation where it brought leads to my business. People mm. were renting, needed to buy, uh, and vice versa. So it was a very complimentary business. Um, but when I started opening up uh, businesses that weren't housed under the same roof, it became a little taxing uh, over time. So, uh, so, so let me ask you this. So, so let me mm -hmm. ask you this. My friend Walter Bond, um, and I, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think, I think he got this from somebody also, but I got it from him. He he uh, talks about the idea of branches and and tree trunks, right? And right. the question he often talks about is, when's the last time you've seen a tree with more than one trunk? And what I find as I talk to entrepreneurs, and I talk to probably twelve to twenty a week through our marketing and our inbound you know, efforts for our program. And so often people are telling me, I got this going on. I got this thing. I got this over here. And uh, I got this. And I'm like, dude, you've got four hustles, right? right. Not four <laughs> yeah. businesses. And, and I go, okay, great. What's the revenue from this one? What's the revenue from this one? What's the oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm working on a few things or, you know, I got, I'm getting a few dollars over here and over there. And I'm like, you're running yourself ragged and you don't have a trunk. You, you just got yeah. a bunch of, you know, a bunch of things. People love to talk about Oprah. And I always say, you know, Oprah, before Oprah had Weight Watchers and was, sling, was, was slinging macaroni and cheese and, and, and on TV networks, she did one thing for 20 years, which was That's a talk right. show, right? That was her trunk and that built everything else. So for you, right, I, it, it sounds like you were looking around going, you know what? I, in my analogy, I've got a lot of branches, but A, no, nothing maybe delivering for me completely. I mean, I know you were doing well at the car dealership because I remember, I remember, I knew the numbers, but nothing was delivering for me directly in the way that I wanted to at the scale, right? I was splitting my time. If I'm hearing you, I was splitting my time in all these different directions. Sound familiar to my audience out there? Anyone listening to this? I was splitting my time, not getting the the top line results, and then ultimately, I think, and I don't know, you got to this point yet, but I'm realizing this may not exactly be my passion either. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So when you know, at the end, you know, and and it all came to a head at one time that you know we ended up closing the dealership and everything else. Mm. So 2013, the, the wheels completely came off the <laughs> off the bus mm. uh, because I, I spread myself so thin. I took my mind off of the main thing, which was mm. the car dealership, and when that happened. It was a domino effect that caused everything to go pretty much all in one day. So, mm. you know, we, you know, we shut everything down, started selling everything off, and I had to go get a job. I had yeah. to go 
start working at a dealership. Matter of fact, the last dealership I worked at before I opened my own dealership, I had to go back to work there. Mm. What was that experience that, like? I mean, what did that what did that feel like? Oh man, you know that was an emotional time for me. It was uh, mm. it it was tough, yeah. and and I had to. I, I learned a lot of lessons during that period of time because you got to imagine I was the man last week. Yeah. And today yeah. I, I'm, I'm the, I'm in middle management at the, and I'm working my way back up mm-hmm. and I have to work for people who weren't even the type of people that I would have hired to run my store. Mm. And it was very humbling. Yeah. 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 It was very complex. Well, I think what's important that what you say, so, so a couple of things I always like, as people tell a story, I always like to extract some lessons for our our listeners. And I I heard a couple of things in what you were saying. Number one is the idea that once you, you had checked out really right on, Mm -hmm. on, on the business, you had checked out on the business and the moment people start checking out, and this is a great message to anybody who is what we would call we in the, in the end, in the auto industry, right? Kevin, you and I would call this an absentee owner to a certain extent, right? So when you, if you're listening and you've checked out of your business or you're not putting your attention there, your attention is going somewhere else and maybe things have not started to go bad for you yet, Trust me when we tell you, you start checking out of your business. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but the writing will be on the wall uh, for things to go in the direction that you don't want them to go. So if you have mentally checked out, it's really a good opportunity for you to seriously give some thought into being more strategic, right? So you don't wake up one day and the, and you go, you know, look to your left, look to the right, what happened to the business? And then number two, I, I heard from you really, is because a lot of people would not potentially be willing to go back or start over. I mean, you know, people, this is devastating to a lot of people. And I think this is where, right, mindset plays a big role. What, what are your thoughts about that? So, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm going to talk to you first about the first uh, point you made. Mm-hmm. And um, so my wife is my business partner. And there was a point in time in our, our business in the dealership and she knew that I was pretty much done and wanted to mm. do other things. And she encouraged me. We had equity in our business, uh, equity in our properties, money in the bank. She says, honey, you could walk away right now and go do something else. Mm. But my identity was tied to that dealership so yeah. tough that, that even though yeah. I didn't like it, I couldn't see myself walking away from it. Mm. And, you know, 12 months later, I was walking away from it with no money, no equity, no nothing. Um, So this thought came to my mind during this process was when the passion for something leaves, don't be so far behind it. Mm. I like that. yeah, so I that and that's been my my mantra. When I find that I'm no longer passionate about something, and I have to manufacture energy and passion to keep it going, mm-hmm. then I need to start looking for the next thing. Because as an entrepreneur, it's you know we're always our eyes are always open for opportunities. Mm-hmm. But and and I had to just have a self reflection about 
you know, my identity is not tied to any one thing. It's tied to, you know, my success, but not to the dealership or not even to real estate. So, right. Right. That was- so now you're in this situation. And, and by the way, shout out to Karen, your wife, for all the things you guys are doing together, building that business together. I think that's phenomenal. So now you're in this situation. You're you're having your warm serving of humble pie, uh, right. right? As you as you go through this experience. But of course, as you as you and I both know, true entrepreneurs, the drive never die. Like if you're really about this entrepreneurship game, then it never goes away. You, it, at best, you are plotting your next move. You're never yep. out of the game, right? You're, you're at a pit stop. You, you didn't pull. You're doing the NASCAR, and it was time to pit stop in to get the tires changed and the and the regroup on a few things. But you're never leaving the game. So you do what you 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 know you do what you have to do. I had a guest on Steve Starning. He talked about FMF. He says, that's always your first line. Feed my family, right? That's always the yep. first decision uh, that you make. And then and then you make other decisions from there. So you have done this and now something's coming back at you, right? The itch is there. You're looking around the marketplace. Tell me about that experience now where you did what you had to do to regroup. Now it's time to go back out there. Walk us through that. So, you know, uh, you know after being back to work uh, for folks for about five years, um, I was always, always had my eyes open for what's next. Right. And the, the first thing I had to do was take a self-evaluation of, you know, what do I have left? Because the scars and the bruises are so tough when you have, mm. you know, you know, failure and loss that you're almost afraid to, to, to take the next step. But I always kept my eyes open for what's next. And I looked at all kinds of industries from, service industries. I looked at everything. I was always on Craigslist or somewhere mm. looking for the next business opportunity and things right. just were not lining up for me. Now, when we closed the dealership, my wife went and got her real estate license. So mm. she went into real estate first in 2013 okay. and I watched her for mm. several years and I watched her business continue to grow. And, you know, there was times when I would, you know, we would be having discussions about a deal or a scenario or a situation. And I began to think, I wonder, could I do that? And, and one day uh, I just decided, I'm just going to go take the real estate class. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to sign up for the class and I'll see, I'll see where it goes from there. And I was fortunate to, you know, pass the class the first time and, I was also fortunate that at that time I was working at a dealership where they allowed me some time to go take the class. Mm. So, so that's how it, it lined up. And, it, and the crazy thing was, for five years of working in dealerships, yep. this dealership that I was working at was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually had kind of fallen in love with the car business again because I was working at a place that I really liked. Mm. The money was really good. Uh, the team was great, the product was great, and I was having a good time. So that became a struggle to step away because I was like, I finally have gotten back up after being down for so right, long. Right. Now, am I going to really take take a leap now? And I had to make that choice. And so real estate became a natural fit uh, because m- my wife had done so well, and she had really built a foundation that it Give me the confidence mm. to, to take that step. 
And, gotcha. And so that was that's how we I ended up in in real estate. So I find this interesting. This brings me to another topic, and and, and the topic I want to talk about is this idea of transferring skills and mm-hmm. what. What I found interesting a couple of years ago, early early on in our in this podcast, I had a friend of mine, Jennifer Taylor, who she was on probably she was on season one, I think. And Jennifer Taylor had worked in corporate America or for a corporation doing the office, virtual office, like you know the the Regis's of the world, and like kind of where you have your co working space. Like before that became a thing, uh, they were a big one. And she had been in that space for so many years, and had been a general manager, and had been district sales. So she had all these skills. I mean, she was a closer. Like she she put deals together. She was top in her area. So she got to that point where, hey, you know, the goal line keeps changing. You know, the stuff corporations do. The the, right. the numbers start kept changing. The goals kept changing. The positions kept getting moved around. And she said, you know what? I'm going to go do real estate. And she came out of the gate. We, we had her on because she came out of the gate and was already, I don't know these different things, you know, silver, gold, platinum, these rewards based on, you know, who what brokerage you're with or whatever. Um, I think she's with Century 21, but she came out of the gate in the first year and had hit whatever the first tier was that it usually takes people three, four years to hit. She was already hitting it. And you think about so many people who come into real estate in particular and just struggle to sell one or two houses a year. And I just surmise that to be this transfer of skill. So I'm thinking also, right, that coming out of this auto industry where you have to sell, where you have to work with people, you have to have certain talents to, to pivot into an area like real estate. It's really a skills transfer. So I think the fact that you and your wife both are doing so well and, and like guys, I'm talking about like Kevin's every day. I'm seeing something. Congratulations to blah, blah, blah. Congratulations (laughs) to these people. They're fired. I love what you say. They fired their landlords. I love that line. Right. I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. I like that. So, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones have fired their landlord. Mr. and Mrs. Whoever fired their landlord. So I'm thinking part of that confidence, not just seeing what your wife Karen was doing, but also knowing your skill set. Right. And 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 saying, hey, I could transfer this skill set to real estate. Was that part of the equation? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that the auto industry taught us was, you know, one, how to be a great salesperson, uh, not because, you know, and uh, so many people have this thought that sales is sleazy. Yes. It's it's not. It's, we we really solve problems. Yes. And so when, you know, so I was a great salesperson, I I always loved marketing Mm. and so I was like, and I, but the thing was, I love products. Yeah. One of the things I was going to do was sell life insurance. I even got my life insurance license, but I couldn't get excited about it. I mean, who's yeah. the guy that goes and say, I just help somebody, you know, uh, put away money for when they die, their family's going to be able to Right, live. right, right. I mean, I, we need those guys, but it just did not, it didn't make me feel like I wanted to do it every day. So well, you know what's finally, what's funny about that is, is I will I will and I'm, I'll I'll let you get back to this, but I will 
like I'll be on a plane if that if there was such a thing now, right? But I would be on a flight somewhere and you know, you get into that arbitrary like if I can't get to my movie and my headphones quick enough for somebody to start talking to me, I you know, you get into that, you know, oh, what do you do? You know, particularly when you're up front, everybody wants to know, you know, the people up front kind of think see it as a networking opportunity, like, you know, two A and two B probably do something that maybe maybe there's some networking. I met some great people. I met vice president of community occasions for Turner Broadcasting sitting next to me, you know, on a flight. So you get in that point and, and every now and then somebody will say something to me and I just say to myself, good God, how exciting could that be? I met a guy that sells replacement nuts and bolts, like for airplanes, like, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm thinking, or, or glue, uh, the glue that glues boxes together, you know, when you get your Amazon box, that oh, yeah, glue yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, 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 and I'm, or light bulbs. And I'm saying to myself, and, Man, how did you get excited about selling glue? Like, like, yeah. how, how do you, how, how do you, you know, I'm the regional, I'm the regional sales director for Acme Glue, and I'm like, wow, really? So, I, so it just made me think of that when you were talking about you couldn't get excited about it, but, but go ahead. So you're looking around, couldn't get excited about life insurance. Go, go ahead and finish your point. Yeah, so you know, but I, I could get excited about real estate because you know my yeah. personal mission. My personal mission statement has always been to help others realize their dreams and goals. Like that. And and so when I was able to so now when I look at any business, does that line up with my personal mission statement? Right. And real and real estate was that. Because now I get to help people realize their dreams and goals of home ownership. Mm. And that's that's exciting to me. It's exciting to others. It's infectious, and it, it, it's a it's a game changer. So no matter how bad of a day that I'm having, no matter what just happened with the last three transactions, I still get to say that I am helping people realize their dreams and goals of home ownership. Right. And it makes you go back into the fire and fight some more. Yeah. One of the things I want to pull is my audience has heard me talk about the idea of mantras and having a mantra, and and people know. That you know, I talk about you know keeping the the mind sharp, the vision clear, and the resolve strong. Like that's my mantra, and you talked about your mantra. So I'm glad to hear you know someone like yourself talking about that idea. You call it your personal mission statement. I call it a mantra. But folks, you're hearing it from people. You're hearing it from another person out there. What what are you about? What are what are you setting for yourself? What's your mantra? What are you what are you saying to yourself every day? What are you reinforcing? What is driving your ethics, morality, your mission, what is it? You know, and I think that's great, Kevin, that you were talking about that. I want to circle back to something that I thought was pretty consistent. And this really is, I have an advantage here, just simply knowing you for, you know, 10 years um, and having done some business together. I know that you also are, you know, what people would qualify as a lifelong learner, right? I remember my wife says my memory is terrible. I think my memory is very good. It it might be a correlation to remembering things she says. I don't know. But I remember, (laughs) I remember 10 years ago when we were doing some business, you had gone and and, and done like a big Tony Robbins thing. I think you went to business mastery. And I want to get your thoughts on, just the overall idea of investing in education and the need to do that and the need for coaches and guidance and, and being willing to invest 
in those things. What do you what, what's your belief system about that today? What would you say to our audience? I would say to your audience, you know, yes, I do believe in coaching. I do believe in education, uh, and it's uh, it's it always in our budget to find coaching, uh, to find workshops, seminars, and nowadays with you know everything that's going on, technology is bringing it to our offices. But mm. uh, it because, because you can only do what you can do if you right. are not opening yourself up to having someone speak into your life someone to help you uh, with your blind spots mm. uh, and also to challenge the way you think you're never going to grow. Mm. And I, even at the toughest points in, in, in our, in our business, I always found a little bit of money here or there to get some coaching or just I'll pay you a hundred bucks. Just talk to me for 30 minutes and just right. let me talk it out uh, right. and make sure that I'm on the right, right page. So if you're an entrepreneur, get a coach early in your career and, and stay coachable and, and, and be open to, to just knowledge. Don't think mm. you know it all. Because the day you think you know it all is the day that it all falls apart. <laughs> Sometimes it's a slow leak. People, right? People think about the trauma of, you know, having it all to not having it all. But what people miss is the 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 erosion, right? That's what happens. That's what happened. The the beach didn't look a mess yesterday and then today, right? It was twenty years of eroding and erosion that's going on, right? You know, when, when your house, your, your foundation goes bad, we're talking real estate, right? That, that stuff yep. happens over years, um, not Absolutely one right. big event, right? Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, in the book, Failing uh, Forward by John Maxwell, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he said, you know, he was talking about someone told, them, told him that their marriage failed yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he said, your, your marriage didn't fail yesterday. Your marriage has been failing. That's right. The results of that failure was yesterday when you got the divorce papers. Yeah. And even when I think back about, you know, in our business, you know, closing, it didn't close the day that I turned the lights off. That's it right. It started closing probably 12 to 15 months earlier when I took when my eye off the ball. Yeah. My passion left. And then all of a sudden one day I realized there's no money. And I owe yeah. bills. <laughs> right, right. And it, it's over. So. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, as you think back, and this doesn't have to be in your real estate, but as you think back, what would you consider to be one of your craziest entrepreneurship moments that you think about over your over your career? Probably my craziest entrepreneurship moment was when I quit my job to start my first dealership mm. in my mid twenties, newly married, just had a baby, you know, just bought a house. <laughs> the I worst thought, possible time to go out here. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm quitting the six figure job. You know, this was back in, in 1999. Okay. <laughs> you right. know, I'm quitting the six figure job to start my own used car dealership. And I have no money saved up, but I just, I had to be crazy. 
But you do that right. kind of stuff when you're 20 something years old. Right. <laughs> but that was probably my craziest entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship moment. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, the good news is it, 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 it all, as I say, it all worked out in the end, right? I mean, we, you know, whether you're, the Bible talks about seasons, uh, Jim Rohn uh, talked about seasons. We talk about that often of, of going through that process and it becomes one of those things where, you know, no, as they say, no test, no testimony, right? So. That's right. And one thing about that. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, no. One one thing about that was when people would ask me, Kevin, you know, you know, why now? Why are you doing this? Uh, aren't you afraid? And I would say, yeah. absolutely, I'm afraid. Uh, but I'm young. I'm young enough mm-hmm. to take a chance, and if it doesn't work, I can recover. If you're going to mm-hmm. take chances, do it when you have time to recover. So, and that was my belief that I can go back and get a job in a car dealership if my used car lot doesn't work out. And, and that right. was the, the thing that gave me confidence the whole time that I could always go back to work. So don't be afraid yeah. to try uh, because yeah. you can't, because your talent will always open up a door for you. So that was, that, that, that kind of goes that back to that point about transferable skill, right? Yep. Having, having, having that skill that you can take anywhere with you, you know, regardless of the situation. And that, that also breeds confidence in a lot of different ways, you know, also. So I think that's something definitely for people to be taking seriously and consider. So listen, I want to come to the uh, point of our show where we're going to do the entrepreneurship rapid fire. That's when I'm going to ask you some questions to give our listeners some insights into your preferences as an entrepreneur. What makes you tick? What things you're using out there to drive your business? And just give everybody a little insight about you. I've got nine questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to your, your head from your selection, and we're going to make it a rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. PC or Mac? PC. What's your favorite credit card for small business? Mx. Are you a physical planner or digital planner person? Physical. Favorite software right now to manage your business? I have a CRM system that's tied to the real estate that helps me. What do you use? Uh, it's called Brivity. Brivity? All right, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of real estate listeners. So uh, okay. you guys out there looking to step up your CRM. Starbucks, Duncan, or other? Duncan. Duncan. What's your Duncan drink? Just a medium uh, a roast coffee with cream and sugar. Nothing special. Okay. Thank you card or thank you email? Thank you email. When it comes to learning, hardcover book, tablet, or audiobook? Ooh. (laughs) Audiobook first, but close second is the hardcover. (laughs) Hardcover? Okay. What would you say is your next big goal? Is to next year in real estate is to grow my transaction and my price point. Okay. One day with any mentor who's still alive, who would that person be? Eric E.T. Thomas. <laughs> and, I, and listen, I don't, I don't even have to have him for the whole day. If I can have him for 
for three hours <laughs> put that out in the universe <laughs> i'll be good with that <laughs> well what would you ask him what would you if 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 et you had the opportunity to sit down with et for a few hours what what would be the what would be the conversation you know i would really talk to him about you know what 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 drives him every day to 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 play at that level uh, that he mm. plays at you know what what brings his passion his energy on level 10, um, yeah. you know, you know, what's he thinking about next? I mean, I, you know, I would, I would make good use of three hours of ET. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Now, as you know, we have our entrepreneurship trivia question, and it's a unique opportunity for you to either join the hall of fame on our show or the hall of shame for getting it wrong. So (laughs) you've got to, I'm going to give you, you got multiple choice in a, B or C. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Who said the following? Don't be distracted by criticism. Remember the only taste of success. Some people get is to take a bite out of you. All right. Who said that? A, Thomas Edison, B, John D. Rockefeller, or C, Zig Ziglar. C, Zig Ziglar. This is this this is actually a tee up for you. I, we, we should have made that much harder because you're you're uh, you're a sales guy. So C, Zig Ziglar is correct. Kevin Thomas, you will now go down in our elite membership of the Hall of Fame from getting the entrepreneurship trivia question right. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, before we get out of here, tell us, how can people, if they want to learn more about you, they want to get in your eco, they, they want to get in your ecosystem, maybe they're in real estate, they're trying to light it up, maybe maybe they're down in, in that Savannah area that you're serving. How can people connect with you? Best way to connect with me is on Facebook, Kevin Make It Happen Thomas. Kevin, make it happen, Thomas. Awesome. Everybody, make sure Kevin, make it happen. Thomas is a guy you definitely want to connect with and know he is fearless certified. Kevin, thank you for joining the show today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As I close out today's episode, I'm asking that you subscribe to my podcast to get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. And if you like what you are hearing, please leave a review. If not, just keep it to yourself. And if you've heard something today that can help someone you know, then I encourage you to share it. Finally, if you're a business owner that is ready to become a fearless entrepreneur, then head over to my website, fearlesswithcorey.com, to learn about the most comprehensive business growth support system for entrepreneurs on the planet. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Thank you.